0: welcome to the underground the steel city underground the black and gold standard for pittsburgh steelers coverage now here's your host joe kuzma hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the steel city underground podcast my name is joe kuzma and i am here flying solo today for this Oh, off-season edition of our (laughs) now weekly podcast, it seems like. We'll be getting some uh, two-a-week podcasts in here shortly as I get to Briny Roach and Zach Saldonia back into the fold. Lots of just all kinds of scheduling things going on, personal life and everything else. So appreciate all of you that are hanging and banging with us. It's not like there's a whole lot of news floating around out there other than just speculation. This is going to be like... Speculation Underground, speculation nation instead of Steelers Nation. And if there was anything, man, I really don't want to talk about today. It's quarterbacks, but I have to address some of the comments that some of you put out there. Justin Fields, article coming out Friday on steelcityunderground.com underground.com. Go check it out. Detailing some of the statistics. Yeah, he's an athlete, but he hasn't been a great quarterback. And most people that are just tuning in or catching the headlines or uh don't know me haven't tuned into the show before if this is your first time welcome thank you for joining us and please don't forget to like comment and subscribe as everyone on youtube tries to say we know that there's we joke around that we have our two percenters that hang around to the very end of the show but uh the off season's always interesting it's always a different type of like content you know what i mean because we're usually talking pre or post game it's predictions it's follow-up to what happened now it's just you know there's this void and it gets a little better, at least the NFL Combine's right here around the corner. You're going to have free agency. Then there's a little debt period. Then there's a draft. And then it's like June is just the barren wasteland. And between each of these points, everyone's going to try and speculate. They're going to try. There's a lot of noise that's out there. Justin Fields is even unfollowing certain profiles over on Instagram, if you get my drift. Because who wants to see it? I mean, he's the actual guy that this stuff is happening to. And he's got to deal with this. I mean, that kind of, that sucks. I wouldn't want to be in that position. So whether or not he gets traded from the Chicago Bears is one thing. Uh, Most people don't know that I'm a big Ohio State Buckeyes guy. And coming out of the draft, I thought he'd be the guy that changes the story about Ohio State quarterbacks that fail in the NFL. But I don't believe that's going to be true. I don't think that a change of scenery, at least in Pittsburgh, is the best fit. Pittsburgh got to do some things with their offensive line too, folks. For as much as we want to criticize and say, well... I saw the comments. Fields had bad coaching, uh, didn't have other playmakers around him, had a bad offensive line. What exactly do you think the Steelers had? The Steelers sent Chase Claypool to the Bears and he didn't even play there. Let that be like kind of that's who he threw. Claypool's one of the few guys who's thrown a, a touchdown pass, a touchdown pass in a Steelers uniform in the last two seasons. Let that be a reminder of just how bad things were with Matt Canada. The offense, the Steelers need some offensive linemen. That's where I want to see their efforts in free agency or uh, the NFL draft. But the the rumors, like all this stuff, it's driving flash just crazy. If you follow him over on X, formerly Twitter, just every day, it's just, it's some new kind of word vomit that comes out of someone's mouth and it it could be anywhere. It could be on NFL network, it could be on ESPN, it could be just on a random blog. It's just because this ain't anything new. This all started, I want to say this is when it goes back to like 2017, when Ben Roethlisberger was the old gunslinger that didn't have it anymore against Jacksonville Jaguars, had five interceptions in that game. Everybody said he's washed, he's done, sick of fork in him, time to find his error, time to find his replacement. And the Steelers have drafted some quarterbacks since then, Joshua Dobbs, Mason Rudolph, Indians didn't like them either. Duck Hodges. Duck Hodges is a great Cinderella story. And I'm big, like, you know, FCS, 1AA football guy. Got to see him play in college, um, you know, live against my alma mater in a playoff game. And he said that was one of the coldest games he ever played at over in Youngstown, Ohio. And that, that like, just, it, it, it tickles you. And you also had, like, they wanted to throw the duck back in the river and everything else, <laughs> like, for Duck Hodges. But uh, Duck Hodges wasn't all that great, turned the ball over a lot. And so like the bandaid is going to be, get one of these quarterbacks. It's going to cost the Steelers a lot, either with capital to trade, such as fields. We don't know the, the true asking price, but we know it's going to cost something and they're going to cost more money. Whereas I think some of that money could be better. Well-spent bringing back somebody like Mason Rudolph, not bringing in Russell Wilson. I don't know about Tannehill. I don't know what he's going to cost definitely would be a a solid backup. Uh, Some people say a bridge bridge just really means you're a lame duck and you're not good enough to get the job done. I've never believed in a bridge quarterback and being 35, 36 years old, like him, Wilson, Kirk cousins, uh, they've named everybody like Baker Mayfield isn't even on my radar. He's more than likely going to, he more than likely has found a home with Tampa. They're going to try and find something. Uh, Why would he leave there? He finally got a starting gig. There's not enough of them around the league and he's been around where there's been enough Offensive coordinators, head coaching changes and stuff in his own career. That why would he want to go somewhere else? So he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna come to Pittsburgh for to play for Arthur Smith, who's gonna be in his first year as an OC here. I say if you're you're better off with the Devils that you know. Mason Rudolph, if you could bring him back. Kenny Pickett, if you think you could further develop him. And Kenny Pickett's just not as turnover prone, but we'll see if he starts to force things downfield. I also believe that Kenny Pickett, even though I didn't want to talk quarterbacks, right? But I got to get this off my chest. I've been seeing the comments and I appreciate yins going out there and doing all this stuff. You're going to comment, you're going to say things. So we're going to acknowledge it if and when we can. And it's just, it's the hot topic. that's not going to go away until you have a quarterback that plays for several years and at a decently high level. Until Ben Roethlisberger was that guy, it was it was just constant. I couldn't imagine if there was social media, if there was YouTube, if there was podcasts, if there was other folks that get an opportunity to speak. So at least try to be somewhat responsible in that regard. I just I haven't felt this off about a quarterback. Uh, possible potential quarterback acquisition of Justin Fields since I did with the Mitch Trubisky one, which Mitch was the lesser of all evils because I was totally against Marcus Mariota. And I I tend to feel that Justin Fields is more, even more in that category. Yeah, worse than me. I mean, Mitch has gotten worse than what he used to play as too. I'll at least say he somehow regressed even further uh, if that may be possible, but I mean fields is just a guy that just doesn't throw for 300 yards And that's the most i'm going to say about that just for this show because we have an actual topic I got to cover today talking about myself gotta get the nice hot wake of coffee here Ah I'd like to know as much as I have like a coffee on the show here or there I'm not talking about just adult beverages. You can tell i'm into the whole uh I know it's just the uh, Bud Light's the sponsor for the Steelers stuff. So I have a lot of the Steelers stuff. But I, you know, I got the old Icy lights up there and a couple others. Labat Blue did the Zubaz thing one year. There's even a Pepsi cat up here, actually. But don't want to hear about the craft beer stuff. I'm in a craft beer, but what do you it's like to drink? Like, are you coffee drinkers that are out there? What what is your particular poison? Because if you have Meyer anywhere nearby, they have this like Michigan cherry coffee right now. I know it's soft top, but it's just so damn good. Like, I just, I, t- I took a swig of it, and I'm just like, this is good. I gotta let people know about it. I don't get paid to say this. It's just really surprising that nobody else has, like, a coffee like that. I know some people don't like the Keurig stuff. It's a K-cup thing. They might have coffee grinds for you. We get too fancy. I, I'm like a one-cup-a-day guy. I'd throw away a whole pot. But just kind of curious, because I know Brian doesn't drink this stuff. He calls it sludge. So. But then again, he's not a man of sophisticated tastes. <laughs> anyway. ah i wanted to address an article sometimes i write things on the website and i'll talk about them here on the podcast and sometimes i talk about things out here on the podcast that i don't write about on the website so it would behoove folks to follow us on social media and see when we post new things to get the best of both worlds but i'm going to double down here because on this one it's free agency time we're gonna have some report cards coming up for some of the position groups and stuff like that We said we had a whole show on who stays, who goes, got really long winded with quarterbacks. There wasn't as much in detail as some of the other skill positions, but there are still areas that might be void on the Steelers' depth chart other than quarterback. And there is one, I've already mentioned them multiple times, I've already mentioned them here. I'm going to start off with it of former Steelers who could come back. Though it used to be like if a team let you go, if they parted ways, that was it. You were never coming back. And still, was kind of bucked this trend years ago. We've seen Plaxico Burris come back. Antoine randall L made a return. Willie Gay came back, Uh, among others. I'm sure I'm leaving a few names out. Sometimes it was out of necessity, like a Will Allen, for example, playing safety. Uh, Whether or not, like, Sean Spence that they brought, you know, after cutting. Um, And still, just a personal note. Third round pick, a guy that had his knees just both blown out. Took two years. He hadn't come back to the NFL and just wasn't maybe the same player that he could have been. You you talk about being snake bit inside linebacker, Ryan Shazier, Sean Spence. Steelers just, we forget about some of these things sometimes with the best laid plans. And one of the ones that came across here, and he's already been a former Steeler in return, and I think he could again. Got an opportunity to start in some games last year, been bouncing around the NFL. Cleveland Browns, Arizona Cardinals, Minnesota Vikings. That's Joshua Dobbs bonafide legitimate rocket scientist guy right high IQ high football IQ um maybe doesn't maybe not able to translate all of it on the field he's athletic he offers something now my caveat with Josh Dobbs is if the Steelers were to bring him back now if you remember they traded him away because they had like uh, an abundance of wealth at the quarterback position where they felt, hey, Duck Hodges, he could do a lot of things we need for a scout team. He could be a quarterback three. This is before you even had an emergency quarterback where this guy isn't even getting a helmet on game, right? Now they are. And you need a guy like a Mason Rudolph. You went that far. Teams have gone this far on the bench. Dolphins did it a couple of years ago where they ended up with like Skylar Thompson out there. There's there's countless examples. I don't have to go through it. There was like 60-some 60, 60 different, almost 70 different quarterbacks who had a start in the nfl last year there's only 32 teams so these teams were going pretty deep including the steelers of course cleveland browns did as well uh we know even within the division the Bengals went there the ravens did the previous year not last year but the year before with brown and huntley so having somebody there now the reason why Dobbs is interesting to me is is that he could probably get a regular backup gig somewhere, but he's going to start floating around like like Nick Mullins, who he lost a job to with the Vikings. Dobbs has never really been in a position to succeed. He's kind of just been thrown to the wolves. He got traded. Cleveland traded him over to Arizona last year, week one, and he had to immediately jump into the starting lineup and, just, and learn a whole new offense. And I think they were somewhat tanking I want to say because they knew kyler murray wasn't going to play and they just it was a lame duck um kind of position and then when they didn't need him anymore minnesota lost Kirk cousins and then dobbs ends up playing so last year dobbs throws for almost 2500 yards 13 touchdowns to 10 interceptions five apiece with each team that he played with five with arizona in eight games started five games um uh, he appeared in five games for the vikings only 151 pass attempts but still almost 63% across the board with both of those teams just the decision making some of the thr- some of the throws that's going to happen he doesn't have any familiarity but i think as quarterback 3 you couldn't do any better than having a Josh Dobbs and i'm not i, I want to preface by saying a lot of folks just they kind of see I got Kenny stuff here yeah i, I was not the I was not like the the over-the-hill, over-the-moon type guy, enamored, starstruck, Kenny Pickett, 100% full-blown supporter coming out of the draft. I was, however, a, you have a pick of the litter in what's maybe not the best of quarterback classes, and you could get the top guy, the only one that's been in a college system that is pro-ready. We know the things about small hands, wearing gloves and everything, but the Steelers sit there, And maybe they got sold a bill of goods, but they sit there and they can see and evaluate right next door better than anybody as to whether or not Kenny Pickett is a guy that was worth first round pick. And people will debate that. I still think that somebody else, Steelers are at 20. Somebody else is going to jump in before 32 or at 32 to grab this guy into the first round. And you have a cheap quarterback for probably five years if you use a fifth year option on him possibility also that he would have went very early in the second round. There was a lot of teams that had multiple draft picks in this draft that also already had a, at least a solution that they were going to work out. That's where the Steelers are this year. They got to figure out if Kenny Pickett's going to be the guy. So I don't think that they jump anywhere in the draft and muddy the waters. I think bringing in Justin fields muddies the waters. I think Ryan Tannehill, boy, he could probably win you a couple of games uh, plays kind of safe. He's nothing exciting that they get real excited about. He's definitely not the future in his middle uh, his mid thirties. Uh, but at least it's experienced quarterback. If it was somebody, like I said, if it was Ben Roethlisberger that you have as your starter, and then they're going to bring Tannehill is as a backup. Like, Oh yeah, hundred percent bring this guy in. But I'm looking at Tannehill, maybe starting more than two or three games. If something happens with Pickett, whether that's performance, whether that's another injury or concussion, which Pickett has plenty of. That's the reason why there's a little bit of why I have a, a reasonable doubt as to his ceiling. You got Matt Canada, you got a bad offensive line, you got bad ribs, you had uh, the tightrope surgery and the ankle injury, and it's just so many things. I mean, he just can't picture yourself just trying to throw a ball tennis ball, baseball, softball, football. Doesn't matter what kind of ball, but you got to play at your feet. Imagine just pulling its ribs, just anything like this. And then the timing, the processing, it's a regression of year two, definitely, from where we expected Pickett to maybe go to, but not having a full year and also being kind of like, oh, I don't know, one of those like broken lights in the parking lot that's kind of like on and off here or there. I was okay with them shutting him down all the way through the end of the season and they made the playoffs and not having him play in Buffalo. With the hopes that maybe he could rebound here and get a fresh start in 2024, still doesn't mean he's going to be the guy. But I think he could at least, if you find out, like you bring in Mason Rudolph and he's like the star, he ends up being the starter. You at least have somebody that I think is an okay backup, even if that's all Kenny ends up being. Maybe that's all Mason ends up being. They find somebody other than Mason or Kenny, and one of those guys sticks around as a backup, but Tannehill's not really your future most of these guys that are floating around out there aren't your future you're not going to go pick up joe flacco or anything like that so in the same regard or aspect of a former Steeler, such as josh dobbs he's not your future either he's not going to compete to be your starter but he's a guy that's been valuable enough this never happens by the way goes on injured reserve what was this uh a couple of years ago forgive me 21 yeah ben's last year You see him on the bench all the time. He was even traveling. He was on road games on the bench. Usually players on injured reserve aren't traveling with the team. They're usually disconnected. It depends on the stature of the player. Uh, Somebody higher up that food chain, like a Cam Hayward or a TJ Watt, they're probably going to be there. They're at least going to be there for the home games. But Dobbs was kind of player coaching it up. We remember him sitting there with the Surface Tablet with Ben, Going through, they're looking at stuff. So he got the uh, He sit under that learning tree just like Mason Rudolph did and see how a veteran operates, whereas Kenny didn't. So I think he could be a viable locker room addition, quarterback room addition, and emergency quarterback in that regard. I think the Steelers should take a sniff because I don't know that there's going to be a lot of demand for a Josh Dobbs. Some of these teams that are going to be looking for a quarterback, they're going to draft. They might sign somebody like a Gardner Minshew just like Indy did last year. You're gonna sign this guy as a stopgap and then hope they get their guy in the draft. And then that guy might not even be that they signed in free agency, might not even be the starter. Or they might, like a Mitch Trubisky was, plays like a month's worth of games, and then your new guy comes in like Kenny Pickett did week four against the Jets. That's uh, that's possible progression there. Or they set a full year. Mahomes sat a full year. Doesn't happen as often anymore because the pressure to win now, why the NFL is so much different than any other sport. It's not basketball or hockey or baseball where, you know, you have three to five games or whatever in a week. Baseball, maybe even more, I don't know, six sometimes or they get a day off. And you could adjust things, you could shut people down. No, every game is like so heavily weighted out of the 17. It's like always a must-win situation every week. That's why people are going to flame me and say, well, some of these guys are getting older, like Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, they've wasted Cam Hayward. Hey, there's 32 other teams out there. And only one of those, the other 31, they're all losers compared to that one that hoists the Super Bowl trophy as the Chiefs have been. In order to match up against them, you got to do yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. I get it, but when you're playing in zero-degree weather in Kansas City, I say you could hand off the ball just as easily as Najee Harris or Jalen Warren and still be in there if you focus on offensive line. So if you have an injury to your quarterback room or you're trying to develop or you're trying to have a a different view or observation – I really think that there's a lot of value in having somebody like a Josh Dobbs as a three. Uh, The only other, whoever they get is a quarterback too. I think it's got to be Mason to compete. Depending on who else it is, it's not really going to be a competition. And I don't know that you want Kenny to have the ball for the full time. And I don't know that he's durable enough to do that. I think that's going to end up, right now as we look at it, it's kind of what's happening with Joe Burrow right now too, right? These guys are just not, um, they're not playing the full way through. Now Lamar has turned that, script around at least for a season so we'll see but again what was it 60 something i gotta look up the actual figure last check it was like 65 or something i think different starting quarterbacks in the nfl last year so moving on uh who else is out there that's scheduled to hit free agency i'm not talking about anybody who has been cut or released yet so uh but some actual players that should be out there one year deal was signed last year by the atlanta falcons with Bud Dupree, former first-round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Bud Dupree, he's getting up there in age, but he's not as old as Marcus Golden, and he didn't sign a huge contract last year. He did stay healthy, however. He had six and a half sacks, eight tackles for loss, and eight quarterback hits, two forced fumbles, a a trifecta pass deflections, and he's 31 years old. I don't know if Marcus Golden will be back, but it's like, this is the Marcus Golden signing. I don't know how Dupree feels where, you know, he wants to keep, you know, set up his roots and maybe not move or anything like that. But I don't know that he's going to have a whole lot of suitors out there either. Unless he goes back to Atlanta, which is possible. He only signed for $3 million last year. That's not a whole lot of money. And to rotate in, you need some extra fresh bodies. We saw what Nick Herbig was able to do. Uh, we saw what Marcus Golden was able to do, but we also saw what happened when T.J. Watt isn't out there. They've got Alex Highsmith. This isn't to take away from Alex, not not one iota. This is just to build out the depth, knowing that you need some fresh bodies. You got to keep you got to keep T.J. fresh too. You don't want him. He's a workhorse, but that could also be a detriment to yourself or to your team, to the player. It wouldn't cost a whole hell of a lot to bring D- Bud Dupree back. He worked well in tandem when he was in Pittsburgh with TJ Watt. I think he could also help Alex Highsmith be a, be a, and also uh, Nick Herbig, those younger guys that are in the locker room. And, and, you know, also looking for some veteran leadership. Brian and I were talking about this. You look around, it's like, who's there? I mean, TJ's there, but it would be nice to have a few more dogs in this locker room. And I, I fully believe that uh, Bud Dupree could be one of those dogs. now another name and I know this got floated this actually got floated ahead maybe on another show I saw a little bit of a snippet of this and I'll pay too much attention to some of the competition but I had this idea I didn't get the article finished and, until the other day and I was like darn it somebody else had the same idea that maybe Terrell Edmonds is going to be floating around out there and people are like whoa Joe Terrell Edmonds c'est V. man there's another first round pick that didn't quite work out for the Steelers well he didn't work out, and it's, it, his stats aren't going to pop off the page. But what he offers, he knows uh, Terrell Austin's defense. He's already been in the system for quite some time. He's already played alongside Mika Fitzpatrick. He was already kind of working as a rotational piece uh, when they brought Demonte Casey in. Edmonds actually visited with the Steelers and then decided to sign with the Eagles, who then traded him to the Tennessee Titans last year. And he had an interesting season. He had more of an interesting season with the Titans, who I think, I believe they would be able to bring him back. Um, Edmonds is a young 27. He's not going to turn 28 again until January. And the Steelers are going to have their own problems with their defensive backs. Uh, So Edmonds last year, he posts career-high two and a half sacks. He also had um, an interception, kind of rare statistics for him, but only nine games with the Titans. Two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits. So he was being used on some blitz. You could use him either as an additional, a third safety. He could be, even be a starter. But I'm looking at like Keanu Neal and Demonte Casey. These are guys that came in, spe- specifically Neal came in after Edmonds didn't sign. And Neal can't really stay healthy. Keanu Neal, let's see, how, how old is Neal here? I know Neal's north of 30 as well. Uh, actually, he's not. He's 28, but he'll be 29 in July. But he's not played a full season. He did in Tampa the year before, but he also wasn't a starter. Uh, he's only played one full season other than that in his entire NFL career, 16 starts back in 2017. I, I'd have to go back. I don't, my memory doesn't serve me correct. In his rookie year, maybe he just it was a slow starter or he was uh, hurt or something like that. But he missed two games there. Uh, wouldn't be hard to believe, though, that those were due to injury. Uh, There's just the former Falcons kind of DBs. I feel a little burnt by them to some degree. And I feel like Edmonds, he could come in fairly inexpensive, 28 years old. Casey turns 31 this summer, uh, and he will also save the Steelers $3 million if they move on. So the previous deals that Edmonds signed with the Steelers were actually for $2.5 million the year before. Last year, $2 million with the Eagles. That's not a whole lot of money, and you're already saving that much if KZ is bye-bye. And KZ's availability he has been playing like a headhunter out there, and the league doesn't want that anymore. So if he continues to rack up fines or penalties, it's a liability to the Steelers. Edmonds has never been a liability for the Steelers, as much as people want to say. He's he's had solid play. He got thrown out there as a rookie when they were... um, Oh, I just had his name on the tip of my tongue the safety that came over from the Green Bay Packers that Morgan Burnett did not end up playing. And it was kind of one of those sign a veteran, draft a rookie type situations. But Edmonds has, since then, he's not missed a beat. A couple games, COVID season, a full 2021, most of 2022. uh, And then he was also being used in different ways. He never used to come off the field. And then they were subbing him a little bit. Probably just, to know, like some of the matchups and deficiencies there. But when you're playing against mobile quarterbacks in the AFC North, he really hasn't been that huge of a liability. He's been pretty solid against tight ends. And quite uh, honestly, I don't know if I'm looking for him to be a starting safety, but we know he can be if they need to rely on him. So further down the depth chart, if they move on from Neal, maybe Patrick Peterson. I don't know what's going to go on with Pat Pete. Is he going to end up transitioning to the safety position? Thirty-three, going on thirty-four-year-old cornerback. It just—I don't know that the juice is there anymore. He uh, got forced into there due to not having enough bodies this year. So you know the Steelers—they need help at the safety position. It cannot fall into the same trap that they did this year, where you know Trenton Thompson, Elijah Riley, and practice squad guys are are out there due to whatever reasons. Minka's hurt. Uh, Devonta Casey suspension injuries. Keanu O'Neill stuff like that. Right. And the Steelers like to try and find some of these guys that had some first round pedigree. They tried it two years in a row with Carl Joseph. He's another guy snake bitten with injury that just, you know, wasn't able to stick with NFL rosters, sadly. Former West Virginia product. So someone I really liked coming out of um, college. And he was like 15th overall or something to the Raiders years ago. So he never even fell to the Steelers. And maybe that was better, all the better for them. But these are the type of moves or the type of acquisitions the Steelers like. So if not Edmonds, they'll be looking somewhere else, but Edmonds is still young enough, fits the bill, et cetera. And maybe he's homesick. Maybe he will want to come back to Pittsburgh and uh, it just fit in once again. Maybe he wasn't the right fit everywhere else. So yeah, Patrick Peterson, 34 in July. We don't know if he'll even be on the team. He has a 9.7 million cap hit. I think they save about six-ish um, off of the cap if he's released or they're going to extend him and let him be, let him float around, but he's going to be making significantly less money if I would think he can't play a full game anymore. would be my educated guess. whereas Edmonds could, if necessary, he's young enough, you know he's like five, six years younger. So we'll see uh, where this, uh, how this ends up playing out. Those are three names so far: Bud Dupree, Raul Edmonds, and Josh Dobbs. Who else might fit the bill on this? gonna laugh at a few of these but last year not even just last year just in the last couple of weeks the Steelers moved on from Presley Harvin the they got a big hole of punter and we knew there was punter problems last season where they signed Braden man he's been a journeyman punter um he ends up making the Steelers 53 man roster now part of this was strategic and part of it was I don't think they knew if they were going to hold on to Harvin or it was kind of like a 1a 1b And they being Omar Khan and the rest of the front office, Mike Tomlin, all your decision makers. Great man makes the roster, maybe to be trade bait, maybe for Harvin to be trade bait. Nobody bit. You're not going to keep two punters on the roster. There's some other transactional moves that happen. Man gets cut. Man ends up going um, over to Philadelphia. Practice squad uh, for a couple weeks mid-September pickup, and then he became their starter in October and played through. Then Harvin gets hurt in the middle of the year. So Man wasn't available, and I think he would have been picked up, or that's part of the hope is you bring somebody to camp, you get them all ingrained in your system, and then if you have an injury to one of these kickers or punters, you're able to bring somebody back who's at least worked with holding snaps for field goals, extra points with Chris Boswell, or... Uh, has a little bit of familiarity with special teams uh, and what the philosophies are there's not a wide variety of philosophies so to speak on the special teams side of things but there's a little more in just kicking the ball and the Steelers bring back Brad Wing who hadn't played in the NFL since 2017 and did so better than Presley Harvin that we were begging for him to just replace Harvin and I know Mike Tomlin is stubborn hard-headed but he has um, what do you want to say Principles about him, and one of those is is that somebody is not necessarily going to lose the job due to injury. That's why Kenny Pickett is still in the quarterback one conversation. That's why Presley Harvin was back as the punter, but just unreliable. He's been off and on with injuries, and I also want to say too that he's been largely inconsistent. Whereas you bring Brad Wing out, and Brad Wing. Even though he hadn't, he'd been kicking in like the XFL, the USFL, and some of these other places, spring league football, he did well. They signed him ahead of the wildcard game against the Buffalo Bills. And I thought that maybe this was going to be the end for Presley Harvin, but it wasn't. And Harvin ends up playing in that game and had what, a punt of 29 and a punt of 31 yards. And that pretty much sealed the deal when it came to Harvard's future. I think one or two of man or wing ends up in Latrobe in the summer. I think it, it's almost inevitable. And maybe two new guys entirely. Do they draft another punter? Somebody's going to say, oh, another miss, Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin. A freaking seventh round pick, man. Get off your high horse. Because... It's the same thing as like getting Brock Purdy as a Mr. Irrelevant. You don't have to compete with other teams, do any type of bidding. The contract money is kind of built in, but you have the rights to this player. They're not a street-free agent or somebody else gets a hold of them and you end up not acquiring that player. So spending a seventh-round pick on Presley Harvin III, I don't think was necessarily a bad decision. I don't think any picks beyond the fifth round can be counted on to necessarily just make the team. Now, if a third round pick doesn't make your squad or is bad, then that's a whole other story. And then we can talk about whether or not that player is a bust. But I'm not going to tell you that Presley Harvin is a bust because it's a seventh round pick. And it's a punter. And people are going to be like, well, you don't use picks on punters. That's that's baloney too. I've seen teams use fourth and fifth round picks on punters. It better be damn good if you're going that high because I've seen plenty of other players, wide receivers. Martavis Bryant was a fourth round pick. You've seen tackles. You see all kinds of guys pan out, but there's also undrafted players that fall through the cracks. So I'm not going to fault that. I think that's just a dumb, dumb argument. So that's just about it on the punter aspect. I don't... uh, got the kicker football up there. I like my kickers and my punters. They're a very important part. Uh, if you didn't have Chris Boswell, you'd realize how important this is to the NFL. There's lots of teams that lose by narrow margins. Look at the extra point that was missed by the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. Probably cost them. One more coffee before I tell you who's not coming back in one more long shot. I've done a 180 on one. I've done a turnaround on Le'Veon Bell. Former running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a former wide receiver too, the guy who wanted paid big bucks and reset the market, goes to the Jets, flames out of the league, bounces around KC, Baltimore, wherever else he ended up, practice squads. 32-year-old running back. Veteran minimum as an RB3. Who's the Steelers' RB3? Right now today. Who was RB3 last season? Who was RB3 this season before that? I know we don't usually get that deep, but if there is any kind of injuries or anything, you've got somebody who's experienced that might be able to add a small wrinkle to your game, past game specifically. Maybe if he's worked, here's my problem with... It's not really a problem with Le'Veon Bell. It's a problem with the fan base. They're equating him with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was a knucklehead. I loved Antonio Brown. Sometimes I still chuckle or whatever, but my dude's gone crazy. I don't know if it's for attention or if he's got a few screws knocked loose. Aside from being on a jet ski and playing the game about sitting out camp and really, again, principles, right? He was sticking to his guns. When it came to being franchise tech, he went out and played and then he did. not And I mean, I could respect that to some, to some degree, even if it hurts the team and it isn't the best, it really does. It, it comes off selfish, but you got to understand where these players are coming from. You got to understand where he's at right now. 32 years old. He could have made more money. He stayed with the Steelers. He might be in the goat conversation had he done so. And he was the workhorse just touching the ball 400 times That doesn't, like, work for anybody. Look at Zeke Elliott. Even look at CMC over in the 49ers. Now, he's more of a workhorse back again, but they got some other guys there, Elijah Mitchell and whatever, right? He's not going to be relied upon to do any of this stuff other than if he wants to play special teams. Would you rather have him out there returning kicks instead of Anthony McFarlane or Godwin-Ingwebuke? I think I -I 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 nailed that one. Stuck the landing on his name finally, Godwin. I like you too, Godlin. And some of these guys got to have some more speed. Kickoffs aren't quite what they used to be. But somebody that could just handle the ball, not make mistakes, not fumble, and maybe be a locker room presence to bring some of that stealer way back. I like if you throw Bell in there and he's not a complete knucklehead. Now Somebody's going to remind me about the thing with Garrett Blunt. I think Bell is a young player that got influenced by another veteran player and they got in trouble. And it's not to say he's the only young man who's maybe partaketh in the wacky tobacco. In any sports or anywhere, for that matter, right? I get whatever rules, whatever. He got penalized. I I thought his, you know, his actual apology back then was sincere. Apologizing to his mama and everything else. I remember that whole special that was on ESPN. So I think with the occasional sub package and maybe special teams, so he could get a helmet on game days. If he's matured, he might actually teach. He's not a knucklehead. Trust me, they're not going to sign him if he's just a complete knucklehead. They bring him in and he's just like, I'm here to make that money. I'm here to run the ball for a thousand yards and all this other, like he'd make all these lofty claims and he's full of himself. And that door closes. You think that the front, you think Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, those guys are going to look at each other and be like, hell no. But he comes in and he's like, you know, made some mistakes. I could teach some of these other young men about money, responsibility. And there's, you know, player coach. I, I don't mind it. Just depends on what it takes to get from that point and whether or not there's any serious motivation from either side, either party, the team or Bell to get this done. So at least come into camp. At least come into camp. And then if he earns his spot, it's not going to be given to him. And certainly at his age, running backs, they you know, that ship's usually sailed unless your name's Frank Gore, by all means, give it a shot. Kick the tires. What can it hurt? It says iron sharpens iron. I just don't really see him coming to training camp. That's just going to be the honest thing. I just think he got tired of the grind that is professional football, cashed out, and then uh, kind of fell at the tail end. Man, I made a mistake. I made a couple of mistakes. and yeah, it's really hard. Once you have your foot halfway out the door and you say, if you say you quit, you're already mentally defeated up here. So I'm I'm pulling for him and I would advocate for Le'Veon Bell. Can't advocate for a few other players, former Steelers, especially some younger guys that are still in their late 20s. Artie Burns, scheduled to be a free agent from the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know what he can offer even as a backup. I know James Pierre is leaving. I know Levi Wallace is leaving, is probably leaving and probably rightfully so. You might be able to put in like a Corey Trice if he's back from injury or find somebody else that's a pick that could kind of flow in there. They got Darius Rush that they picked up uh, last season off of waivers, right? He was a waiver claim, I believe. I'm sorry. I just can't remember all all these things. I know I'm supposed to be your 100% source. I'm just going off of memory there. I knew he was with the Colts. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Practice squad. Maybe they signed him off practice squad to the 53. So Devin Bush is another one. I just can't see like what value anybody like this. These aren't the guys like Bell was great at his position, but Dupree pretty good too great at his position. Josh Dobbs has a wealth of experience from different offensive coordinators, different teams, different systems. And he's a smart ass guy. These guys offer you something. Terrell Edmonds was never really, you know, Terrell Edmonds. What I'm advocating for him to be is what he's always been. And he you saw how Mika played when Edmonds was here. And now it allows Mika to be himself again, even if it's just this guy's filling in because somebody else is hurt. Devin Bush doesn't help anything. Artie Burns does not help anything. I'm sorry. It's just it's just not that just won't work. So if anybody throws those ones out there, it's kind of like Jesse James a couple of years ago. Like Jesse James ain't gonna help anything. Some other corners the ship sailed category. They allowed Steven Nelson to walk. Same thing with Akilah Witherspoon, the courtesy of we're moving in another direction. Those guys probably feel slighted to begin with, let alone, I don't think the Steelers felt if they were in their future, then they wouldn't have been released to begin with in the aspect that they were. A lot different than a contract expiring like Bud Dupree and signing for big bucks with the Titans, or Edmonds exploring the free agent market, or perhaps a different opportunity. I mean, it's going with the Eagles, a shot at the Super Bowl. I don't know I could blame him for something like that. Even Bell, going to the Jets, probably not the best move ever for anybody, including Aaron Rodgers. Financially, they gave him a lot of money, and he's looking at setting up his family for life. Recommendable at least there. Different situations than a Steven Nelson or a Kelly witherspoon or an Artie Burns or Devin Bush. Some guys that were like on the radar. I know Nick Vinette's gonna be floating around out there. He badmouthed the Steelers on his way out. He's about 30 years old. Raiders 29 to 30. You probably don't even remember him. Tight end three, namely special teams guy. Uh Steelers gave him a lot of opportunity formerly from my aforementioned Youngstown State University. He's a Penguin, one of the greatest highlights ever in FCS playoff football history against that Eastern Washington team that had uh, Cooper Cup playing wide receiver too. You got to check it out. One-handed grab on a guy's back as time expires to win the game. It's just great. But I think the Steelers are pretty set at tight end. But Arthur Smith... Hold on a second. Arthur Smith likes to use a lot of tight ends. Will they bring somebody else into the stable that could play like another... It kind of got like uh, Connor Hayward is more of like an maybe a H-back type. So maybe they bring in another body. And if he gets a helmet on game days, he's capable of uh, as a special teamer. But to be completely honest, guys like Raider are clawing, biting, fighting to keep their bottom of the roster position as it is. And that's where he is right now as a whole new class of rookies are going to be coming in. So that's going to be difficult. I just, you know, I just throw the name out there because I saw it along the wire. Matt Filer, who played guard and tackle. There's no guard positions available unless he's in a reserve role for the Steelers. Chris Hubbard, both these guys are over 30 years old. Now as offensive lineman. Hubbard plays all the spots on the line, but got signed with the Cleveland Browns as a tackle. A very nice, healthy deal. Talk about setting somebody up for life, that five-year deal. Forgot how much was that for. 30 million, 35 million, something like that. But he made a nice chunk of change. Good for Hubbard. Just, uh... Usually when those guys are used to making that much money and beating their bodies up, if they can't get another gig where they're at least playing at a certain level, starting contributing and making an okay chunk, they're not just going to like uproot leave. They're probably walking away from closer to walking away from the NFL, not to mention at 30 some years old, you're going to sign like Chris Hubbard to be your right tackle, move Broderick Jones over to the left. Maybe as a stopgap if you're planning on drafting a tackle also, but, Let's not kid ourselves. How good was Chris Hubbard as a right tackle to begin with in a Steelers uniform? Probably more system than player, especially with Mike Munchak as an offensive line coach. There's a few others here. Uh, Guys that had a cup of coffee last year. Tanner Muse and Desmond King. Desmond King ended up uh, parlaying. Uh, into, I think, with the Texans, and he did all right, but he wasn't a fit for the Steelers. They're not going to look there again. Tanner Mews didn't make the roster. They didn't think he was better than the inside linebackers that they already had. Other safeties, no no defined role, right? And then Gunnar Olszewski will be out there as well. And I think we know all too well that Gunnar Olszewski is not the kind of former Steeler in the same vein of everything. Else. I'd rather have Bell return. I don't know if Bell can return punts. He has vision. He's patient, right? Just speed-wise, I don't think he's gonna get in a foot race with anybody at 32 years, going on 33 years old. But Gunnar Olshewski probably isn't faster than Le'Veon Bell right now, anyways. I don't know. He was a quick dude. He's a quick dude. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that, but just the fumbleitis, just not very good. Anyone that you are out there, anybody that I miss, drop a line in the comments. Two percenters, if you're still hanging around. Hope you found this to be an entertaining show. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a rating or review wherever you may be. I'll have my colleagues cohorts back next week as we start to pry on some of these other up uh soon-to-be moves and everything else, combine around the corner. There'll be some stuff to talk about. Uh the last news and note that I that I glossed over, and just a clarification: Mike Sullivan, senior offensive assistant now for the Pittsburgh Steelers, an official title. So Steelers hiring, you know, Arthur Smith and a quarterbacks coach and all of this and that, uh, but retaining Mike Sullivan on their staff it will be interesting to see. Uh, Sullivan was not the problem. was more of the solution last year. You should thank Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner for the job that they did to at least put this team into a respectable position where they were able to score 30 some points. Hey, that's the teams they were up against. I don't care if it was Seattle. I don't care if it was Cincinnati. We know how bad these Steelers offenses were throughout The last couple of years, even Roethlisberger couldn't get a grasp of whatever it was back Canada was trying to implement. So when you get to that point and you're able to score some points and stack some dubs, I'm for it. I like Mike Sullivan. He's worked wonders with a lot of quarterbacks and stuff like that. But, you know, Mike Sullivan might be at the point of his career too, where he's like, geez, I really, this play calling in and out, you get burned out. Maybe that's why he's gone back to be a quarterbacks coach. Maybe it's just some people don't like the kind of offenses that he runs, including the Steelers. But it's still a valuable guy with loads of experience in the NFL and beyond that you could now lean on a couple of firsts here with the Steelers. So it'd be nice to see how this kind of all comes together and they are really stacking the decks to try and develop a quarterback, whoever that might be. Any picket or otherwise. So just leaving that note folks till next time, my name's Joe Kuzma and we encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later.